sing along to Spice Girls. <laughs> sounds so dumb. It's funny. Pop songs are crazy. We'll just accept anything. If it bops in the right way at that right time in history. You know? Chumbawamba, anybody? Oh, right? Ooh, rock me, Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> I mean, there's so many bad songs. The do, do, do. The da, da, da. What does the fox say? I'm blue. Da, ba, dee, da, 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 da. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's... I was listening to Seinfeld, you know, the Seinfeld book. I think it's called What Can I Say, by the way, the name of that Seinfeld book somebody asked. He says there's a fine line between sucks and great. <laughs> and it's much closer than we think. We think they're at polar opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're very close. And that is sort of similar with pop songs. Like, you know, somebody's like, hey, kid, the record executive walks in. Tell me what freaking song you got. We need something hot. And then they're like, it's called What Does the Fox Say? And they know when they say it and when they play it that this is either going to be sucky or oddly great. That's funny you say that because remember how I reviewed um, uh, somebody somewhere all at once, whatever that movie was. I do. That's how I felt about that movie. I'm like, this could go horribly, horribly wrong or be absolutely brilliant. And it was kind of like, what? Is this? And yeah, I'm you like, had said it was like a triumph, and you would never watch it again. It, it was brilliant, and I never need to see it ever, ever again. Did you guys see that movie? No, did not. Wow, I'm surprised. I know. Didn't it win Best Picture? Yep. Guys, it is the weirdest thing. But I'm sure if you're looking at it from an artistic point of view. It's amazing. Sure. I gotta go. Where are you headed? <laughs> I don't know. To Kevin O'Leary's house. So listen to this. Kevin O'Leary, one of the sharks from Shark Tank. Mr. Wonderful. Sits in the middle. Yep. Love him. I think he's a great character. He is a great TV character. Yeah. He's he's kind of a little bit of a villain. Oh, yeah. You know, but also, you know, mushy inside. Yeah. So... I guess he was doing some interview or something, and somebody asked him, how do you handle it if a relative asks you to borrow money? He says, it's often a bad outcome when you mix family and money. But through much trial and error, he's come up with a strategy. Always gift, never loan. He says, quote, I don't want to loan anybody money. I don't want anyone to owe me or to drive a wedge in my family. So instead, I will agree to a one-time gift. For example, if a family member asks for 150 grand to start a restaurant, I'll give them $50,000 and say I never want it back. I I like it. He's got two conditions though. Okay. One is they can never ask him for more money. So he's not an ATM. And two is they can never talk about the gift again. Interesting. I think it's also interesting that he's talking publicly about loaning family money. Well, you know, he's, he was asked about it. He's setting his, this is his approach to it. Um, 
Another bald, wealthy man, Dave Ramsey, says the same thing. He's like, don't lend your family money. If you want to give it, give it. But think about this, especially because when, when a family member asks to borrow money, there are usually zeros attached. There's usually a comma involved. Correct. And think of a friend or a time in your life that a friend borrowed $20 from you and just has to give it back, just forgot. What, or for whatever reason, you've never gotten that money back. You will see the person and you will think in the back of your head, they, they never gave me that 20 back. Right. They never gave me that 20 back. So now what if it's 2,000, 5,000, 25,000? In Kevin O'Leary's case, 150,000. You don't want that. It's just not, it's just not worth it. Gift it. Yeah, gift it. Love yeah. it. Gift it. Don't loan it. But don't gift over, is it over 25,000? Because then you have to, you, you have to pay a gift tax or something. If I'm uh, not mistaken. I don't know, but I'm guessing if anyone listening right now is in that position, they've got someone who's going to walk them through this. I'm going to look at the gift tax limit for 2023. I think it's actually like over $1,100. I think it's much lower than you're suggesting. Let's see. Your parents, okay, you can $17,000 and it won't be taxed. However, oh, wow. if that exceeds, that will need to be reported to the IRS by your parents. We're, we're pretending that your parents loaned you $18,000, okay? Okay. And it will count against their lifetime limit of $12.9 million. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that'll be a problem. How about that? Isn't it interesting that the person gifting it is the person who is taxed for their kindness? Yeah. Hey, take it up with your congressperson, Donna. Vote, everybody. Vote. <laughs> yeah, because this is a real big uh, big uh, talking point for politicians these days. I'm here to talk about gifting taxes. By the way, the IRS form is 709. Thank you. Did you ever look into a gifting club when you were... Younger? They're kind of uh, like. No, this is cute. I think you've talked about this before. Say it again. Um, yeah, no, no, no. This is not cute. This is a, an illegal pyramid scheme. Oh, Donna. my bad. I thought you were. Okay. Aww, I thought this was so something. Cute. <laughs> oh, tell me about the something... Ponzi scheme. Okay. I thought it so was... his name is Uncle Bernie. I'm listening. <laughs> All right. So gifting clubs are illegal pyramid schemes where new club members typically give cash gifts to the highest ranking members. And then if you get more people to join under you, like a pyramid scheme, then people would start giving to you. I legitimately, around the time of graduating from college, looking for easy money, looked into this. I sat in on one of those calls, you know, where it's like, hey, join me. We're going to be doing a group call. You can ask me whatever questions. So you would, if I wanted to join the club, I you choose a level that you're going to join at 100, 500, or I think it was like 1,000. And... You would then, if I went in at the $500 level, I would send $500 to the next person who had like recruited me. And then once I formed a downline, everyone would be sending me, anyone that signed up under me, I would go out to my mailbox and there would be $500 in cash. And the idea was like, give it once, build a pipeline, and then people give to you so many more times. And you'd have these videos of people going out to their mailbox and picking okay. up cash. And I was like, can I make this work? Or would this end Badly. up in prison? And again, fine line between great and sucks, right? Okay. I thought this had to do with some type of charitable giving to like organizations where 
I feel like I saw something like this in a TV show, and I don't, I don't know if it was like Mrs. Maisel or something like that. It's dirty birdie business. If you, if you've got a little red flag, I would just listen to that inner voice. Thank you. It's eleven eleven. Make a wish. Do you want to do, what do you want to do next? We have a few different things. We're All not right, getting why everything. Don't, why don't you, you get to uh, choose. Why don't you give a couple of options? All right. We can do um, something about a home improvement spinoff. Okay. We could do something about Chip and Joe, um, how they say their marriage has changed 20 years in. Oh. We could do something about Bumble predicting a surge in a specific sort of dating. Uh-huh. Or we could do something about um, if your boss plays favorites at work, how that can play out. Those are Ooh. your four options. Mike? Do you have a preference? I love home improvement, so maybe that would be a little bit fun. All right, let's do a little TV talk then. All right, And Chip and Joe, if we get to it. We'll do that. When we come back, it's Donna, it's Steve, it's my talk. Oh, hey, guys, it's me, Donna, here to tell you about a a new, not a new business, but a business I'm newly supporting because I just learned all about Energy Savers Fireplaces. Uh, This is a true local family business that started in the 70s with a great guy named Andy. He hired his son, Jeff, who took over the business, and now his two daughters, uh, Anna and Laura, are a part of Energy Savers Fireplaces as well. Listen, if you want to add a fireplace to your space, this is definitely the place to visit. If you want to convert from wood to gas, this is your place. They've got five-star reviews and only five-star reviews, and they can help you choose the right place in your home, uh, and they can work with you to design the perfect fireplace or hearth and or mantle and so on with a free in-home estimate uh check out their design tools so you can visualize the fireplace of your dreams in your own home go to energysaversfireplaces.com that's energysaversfireplaces.com hey guys welcome back donna and steve on my talk 1071 everything entertainment we got the big Zamboni with us as well. Honk, honk to honk. the honk. Oh, <laughs> honk double. squared. I love it. <laughs> Just what I needed two days out from Thanksgiving. Lean back in my chair during the commercial break. Pop. Oh, no. You're back. A whole bolt snapped out of the chair. Ooh. Oh, wow. And uh, you ever sit in a, a, a chair where each time you sit in it, you think, all right, here's hoping. But you can sense it wasn't built for the long haul. And it's got one of those little reclines uh, that it just feels like someday the whole thing is going to combust. Like it feels like one of those, uh, what do you call those playground things? that you The go... spring ducky things? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, this shouldn't be bending back this far. But you know, at some point you're going to be half reclined and the whole dang thing is going to snap right off at the top. Yeah, it's a sitch. I'm so you sorry ever, for your loss. You ever sat in a chair that broke in front of people? No, but I've sat in a chair that I thought was there and wasn't <laughs> at right. a remote. Oh, oh, oh no. I forgot, Mike. No, no, no. All right, don't make him find audio. We're, oh, if you can, it's really worthy of a search. Donna, was. we were at a remote. We were at Nani Nalu in Edina mm-hmm. in the swimwear. And um, I got up to go to the bathroom. And so, like, I... Moved a chair backward. Right. Right, so that I could scooch by, because it's kind of tight quarters when we're doing these remote broadcasts. And then I got up as well and just and went looking around at looking know, around. the merchandise. And then, like no other human being ever does, it's not like it was where her old trusty you know, recliner is at home. 
she then walked, stood in front of the table, and then just sat down with reckless abandon. Full, <laughs> there's a chair here. And all we hear is just... Oh, I'm like, no. oh! And then we look, and she's curled in a little ball. And she had... Mama had taken a tumble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mama was mad at Papa. I was v- very embarrassed. And then I was <laughs> mad because you made the store owners and or managers go get the video footage of it only and then after- posted it on the website our website that was only after they told me they were like you know i think we have footage of that and i think in the footage of it you find out that i very briefly i checked on you quickly are you okay and then laughed really laughed Hard. i mean it was it was so great. Oh, what, what I would do to try to find this. Too bad. We don't know where it is. All right, whatever. Doesn't we'll exist anymore. Um, I have good news, bad news about the potential home improvement reboot that we want. Mike and I love that show. Yeah. I think a great concept would be them rebooting the show within the show. In the show, Tim Allen plays Tim the Toolman Taylor, and he has a local cable access sort of a show called Tool Time, and I think they should be rebooting that show, and then it opens it up to all these different meta kind of jokes. Well, Tim Allen says there is talk of a home improvement spinoff. The show originally aired for eight seasons, by the way, on ABC from 91 to 99, and he said one of the conversations that we've had recently is how weird it would be if the show would be about the kids' kids, like if all of them had children, Hmm. and I'm a grandparent. Home reimprovement or something like that, he said. He said he never felt like the story was quite done, never felt right. In the time off, we got real close where we talked to everybody. So he's thinking things could move forward. That being said, Zachary Ty Bryant has had a couple of uh, run ins with the law and I believe some domestic situations. Mm. And so I'm not sure the likelihood of that, if it's focused on them being grandparents, um, that could cause a little bit of a hiccup. But. Yeah, I, I, I reboot the show within the show. But, man, that's a comfort show for me, Home Improvement. <gasps> Never saw an episode. It's, oh, man. It's like that one. It's the one series for me that I've probably watched, I don't know, a total of seven times, like all the way through. Yeah. It's just always the one I watched. It is great. Discs. It's yeah. Which uh, which generation? The one with the original Tool Girl? Or with Pamela Anderson. Well, that was like two. The first season or two was Pamela Anderson. Oh, and then they it switched. Quick, and yeah. then they switched. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. But that was that was sort of a minor detail in the show. Got it. Okay. You know, because she was only on usually a couple times a show. Got it. Ladies and gentlemen, Benford Tool, Tools proudly presents Tim the Toolman Taylor. But his back and forth with Al Borland oh, on yeah. the show, uh, the woman Patricia Richardson, mm-hmm. I believe, who played. Um, his wife, Jill, she was such a great television sitcom actress. So great. You know, I put her in a similar category of Laurie Metcalf on Roseanne and now the Connors, where sometimes you watch someone doing sitcom acting and you think, this isn't supposed to be this believable, but you're really believing it. I just think she was great. And then um, uh, his neighbor, Wilson, who famously never showed his face on the show because he was always behind a fence. And even as a kid watching, it was always like, are we going to see more of Wilson's face? And how will they hide it this time?
It's the little things, Donna. You yeah. missed a good one. I'll put it on the list. Don't say Sorry. that anymore. <laughs> Sorry. I think I want to ban that phrase in the coming year. That's, that's fine. Maybe that'll be my resolution. Oh, that would be fun. To stop saying I'll put it on the list. Donna, could you talk about... Um, I guess I got to talk about Chip and Joe here. I really want to find this clip of you falling down on your butt. No. I want to find it with every fiber of my being. Stop I've never wanted it. to find something as hard as I want to find this. It doesn't even translate that great on the radio. Uh, yes, it does. We played it about a gazillion times. Just the thump, thump, thump. And knowing that it's Donna's body. <laughs> Let the body sit the floor. <laughs> Let the body. It's just Maybe great. Rocco knows where it is. Yeah. I'm looking so hard as well this All entire right. time. I think it might be buried somewhere on okay. social, too. Okay. So I might be able to find it on like the, the My Talk Instagram page. Scroll back like four years on okay. post. Might find it there. <laughs> Got it. Um, hey, Chip and Joe, by the way, they're celebrating 20 years of marriage. They're uh, featured in People Magazine uh, right now. They say they're evolving into each other. It's the second part of our marriage. So Chip, Chip Gaines is uh, now 49. His wife, Joanna Gaines, 45. And they were talking about how they just like, they're kind of seeing life differently now. First of all, Chip's trying to fade into the background a little bit. He said, I just want to be her biggest cheerleader. I'm like, hey, you go do whatever. My knees are killing me. <laughs> and Joanna jokes about, um, you know, like a midlife crisis that has sort of caused them to change a little bit. She's like, I'm a little bit more like he is now. And he's got a little more of me in him. So she's like the quieter one. She's yes. She seems like the straight guy to his, you know, color commentary. You nailed it. Indeed. Okay. Yep. Okay. And now she's a little bit more like he is. I think she's getting a little more loosey goosey. You know, they've got the Magnolia Network. They're they're doing big business down at their the the silos down in Waco, Texas, and play, people love to go there. It's like a tourist destination now. And I think he's getting a little bit more straight laced, maybe a little calming down a little bit. And she's getting a little more loosey goosey. Let's take a chance. Let's let's risk something. Let's try this. So cute. They're yeah. a really cute couple. Yeah. Like super cute. They like physically, visually, you wouldn't put these two people together, I don't think. Sure. But they're adorable. I like them. I don't even watch the show. Any of their shows. Have you ever seen I've seen a, an episode maybe of an episode Rapper? or two. Okay. Yeah, very likable. They have a I'm nothing beats likability on TV. You dang right, Steve. And they is likable. They is likable. How are we doing on the search for the Embarrassing moment. Failing. Great. Oh, I'm going to find it. Music to my ears. <laughs> um, Donna, could you sing everyone a chorus before we go to break? <clears throat> ah. oh, I was just going to do the... And I, I can't do it. I can't do the Dido song. I want to do a whole segment where we just say, <laughs> here's the title of a song, sing the melody. <laughs> sing that tune. I kind of like that. All right, maybe tomorrow on the funnest work day of the year. Yes. When we come back, we're going to play the same name game. DJ Rock Lobster comes in next. Bye now. Hey, it is Rocco for Crescent Tide Cremation Services. You know uh, when a death in the family occurs, that is a stressful time, a sad time, and uh, it kind of sucks that you have to deal with things, and uh, Crescent Tide is there to help you deal with those things. If you look at their Google reviews, person after person says, wow, I called, they took me through all the steps, they were prompt, courteous, sympathetic. And they had the best price around. One guy was like, uh, Crescent Tide's price was about a third 
of uh, another cre- uh, cremation service place that I called. And another guy said, yeah, they do have the best price around, but they don't feel like a discount place. It feels like a real caring, professional place. And that is uh, thanks to Lisa and Verlin and their team. It is a family-run business right here in St. Paul. Check them out today. Their website is crescenttide.com. Look for those Google reviews. Simple cremations start at just $1,000. crescenttide.com or use my talk keyword cremation. Final stretch of the Donna and Steve show on my talk 1071 where talk is fun. Letterman returned to the Ed Sullivan Theater last night or yesterday afternoon, whenever they, um, whenever they tape slash film. Wow, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> That's a tape textbook way of overcomplicating. Same whenever they tape it. Uh, he was on last night. How about that? Yeah, Letterman was on Colbert last night. Okay. <laughs> Why am I rushing it though? We have time to fill. Not it was a of note. It wasn't his first time appearing on a late night program, but it was his first since his retirement. It was his first time appearing on the Late Show, right? That he hosted, of course, for 22 years before Colbert took over for him at the Ed Sullivan Theater. So it was really a coming home for him, which was pretty cool. I think they're they're a good match, also. You know what I mean? The two of them, I think they they have a good rapport. Yeah, well, they talked a little bit in the interview about how Colbert, you know. Um, a week and a half maybe before Letterman left, he he went and um, met with him in his office and just chopped it up with him to figure out, like, what'd you do? Tell me things. And he actually, he asked him one of the many, many questions that he asked him, Colbert to Letterman, was, is there anything you would change looking back now? Anything you would have done differently? And he said something kind of strange, but it had an impact. He said, you know, I would have moved the desk to the other side of the oh, stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Carson, Johnny Carson had his over there. Um, you know, Jimmy Fallon has his, uh, Leno for all those years had his on the left side of your television screen. And so Colbert did. Just took that little bit of advice and was like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. So he moved it. He moved it. That's why he moved it. Okay. Moved it. All right. So when Letterman came out, he got a really big applause. Here's how he reacted to that. My guest tonight certainly needs no introduction. Please welcome back to the Ed Sullivan Theater, Mr. David Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god steven control your people <laughs> this i, think, I will I think, say this yes. is the most enthusiastic audience i have been near since the night i announced i was quitting <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great awesome joke. awesome he uh also asked uh david letterman what he misses most after leaving the show yes what, what do you miss about it? After all those 4,000 shows, what do you miss most about doing, a sh- if there is anything? Oh, I, I miss everything. I mean, mostly, it's fun. Very few things in life provide one the opportunity, and I can't speak for you hmm. or to you on this topic, but for me, if you muck one up, 24 hours later, you get to try again. And that's a pretty good device. And then when you do something that you're really proud of, you think, by God, let's do that again. And six, seven years later, you have that experience once more. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reminder, too. It's you know what reminder. I mean? Mm-hmm. You, get to, you get a do-over. Don't Particularly worry Particularly in it. what we do with, um, with anybody. I mean, everybody, you're working on daily things, you know. But in, in the world of radio and television, we work on a 24-hour, like, we're going to start a thing and then try it 
and then we have to start all over again the next day. We're not right. working on any long-term projects. Um, and there's something beautiful about that because you never get too high and you never get too low. Every week you have a best show of the week and a worst show of the week. That's just the truth. And to think you get to go to work, you know, in our case, and just laugh every day, mm-hmm. have fun, you know, hanging out with your friends, just, you know, chilling. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Laughing, listening to music. It's I'm called st- a cafeteria. You want to do that? I'm getting Here hungry. we go. Come down for moose soup after. It's always a surprise. Oh, no, it's mac and cheese. It's always a surprise. Oh, no, it can't be. Soup in your mouth. Put it in your soup hole. That's what we should start oh, calling it. Put that the, in your soup hole. Yeah. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> What up, hey, man. Oh man, what a what a day, huh? Uh, I'm talking to my boss, Rencamp here. He says he's got no soup for you. Hey, no. well, tell him. Tell him I need one of those sticker things for the window. I sent him a note. He wants to know where my other one is. He thinks I sold it on the black market. I lost mine, too. What happened to the one you had? I don't know what happened to it. I lost it. It's under his car seat somewhere. Yeah. As is mine. He thinks I sold it on the black market. I think uh, I vacuumed mine up. Yeah. Oh, and mine, too. Didn't they both? We heard them both go up. Yep. But now we're out there like idiots flipping our visor around every day just so we can get in. I feel like that's your fault. I don't have my tag either. What tag? Uh, you know the tag you're supposed to have on your rearview mirror. Do you we just, still do that? Oh, tag? you don't need that anymore, oh, Donna. My bad. Sorry. Sorry. You don't have either, Donna. No, I do not. I have the little white card to wave in front of the. Yeah, not and he, to be confused with Steve's clip. <laughs> which, by the way, when I emailed Lord Ray Camp yesterday about this sticker, he said I have a couple follow-up questions for you. Um, first of all, do you have your card that is attached by a clip and i'm presuming that you know that the clip does not yeah. open the gate right <laughs> boy you make a mistake one time and you're labeled for life mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, anyway um what's the soup today i got a broccoli chicken and gouda oh wow. no that gouda yeah is amazing that sounds great yeah yeah i'm wow, gonna get some nice. of that what's the, the entree today uh blt chicken salad Nice. What's for di- what's for lunch tomorrow? Can we know ahead of time? Just the lunch, uh, not the soup. Just pizza and uh, grab and go burgers, I think. Oh, okay. okay. All right. So mail yeah. it in Wednesday. All right. Yeah. Apparently. All right. We got to go. We're on the radio. Yep. Bye. All right. I love okay. everyone. Uh, I love everyone more. I love everyone unconditionally. <laughs> All right. We'll Bird see you tomorrow. All right. Goodbye.